Well, good morning. I have my official old lady glasses on this morning. I am um, didn't get to the church building uh, this week, so I'm using my laptop. And anytime I have a screen, I have to have the old lady glasses. So I was originally going to intro um, the elders for life talk this morning, and Aaron stole it for me. So I um, had some things written down, and I wanted to just say my public thank yous to, um, to each of the elders. So here we go. To Mr. John Mack, thank you for all of your stories that you share on Sunday mornings in small group, which I know Marianne loves so much. Um, thank you for all the work and care you take, you take for the church building and have taken for the church building all of these years. Um, and thank you for the affectionate way you love my sister, Marianne. It's sweet to watch your marriage and the love that you have for one another. So thank you. Mr. Jack. Thank you for your candor, your real talk that you share with me. Thank you for the little nuggets you send to me by text and Facebook Messenger that just encourage me to keep going. And thank you for the hugs on Sunday mornings and the hard, hard backpacks that always (laughs) accompany them. Thank you. Mr. Danny. I'm going to try not to get teary on this one, but thank you for lighting up when you see me. And I know that's not just me that sees the sparkle in your eyes. But when I see them, it makes, it feels personal to me. And it's special to me all the same. Thank you for always being so excited to hear me speak and for faithfully praying for me. Um, Just thank you all for being who you are. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's talk about investing in marriage and families because I am the authority on them both. All right, so if you drive by my house right now, taped to the front door, there is a sign that says, we've been booed. Apparently, my neighborhood HOA decided that we would participate in this random gift exchange of Halloween goodies from neighbor to neighbor. And I don't know how I feel about it. (laughs) I didn't sign up for it. No one asked me my opinion and if I wanted to participate. We just got signed up because this is where we live. And as I was thinking about my talk today, I feel like this is sometimes how I have viewed family, right? I didn't sign up to do life with my biological family. No one asked my opinion. I just got signed up. 
because that's where God placed me. And there have been times in my life that I didn't know how I felt about it. Okay, so whether you've had a phenomenal upbringing or one filled with more sorrow than joy, you have the power now to sing a new song, as the psalmist says, and to start a new chapter and to look forward. The same could be said for marriage too, right? Whether you're single either by choice or by chance, newly married or married a long time, your views on marriage have been shaped by your experience either watching one or living through one. Either way, as I said about family, you have the power now to sing a new song, start a new chapter, and look forward. So after the next few minutes, you're going to hear some thoughts over these topics. Garrett's going to come up first, and he's going to talk about us specifically investing in marriages. Then Blake is going to come up next and give us a talk um, about JAM's wider impact. And then Preston is going to come up next, and he's going to give us a short talk about mission, about the mission and the vision for CTF as we look forward. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to close this out on a talk specifically on family. So Garrett? Tori is already getting really smart. She was like, oh, I've got to do the talk on Saturday morning. I'm going to have three other people do the talk <laughs> on Saturday morning. So she's already, man. She, that's good. Touche, Tori. Touche. That's really solid. So yeah, uh, she asked me to talk some, you know, because in case it's not, um, in, in case we haven't made this super clear, uh, during these four talks, we're talking about kind of like, what are the four main things that we really want to invest in moving forward? Like, what's the vision of those four main things? Last night, uh, uh, Aaron talked about investing in Jesus-centered friendships and trying to to teach our church to use that as a way to both reach into the church and develop deeper friendships, as well as reach outside of the church to develop those friendships, right? And then today, one of the other things, our second thing that we're talking about is this investing. We want to do more to invest in marriages and families. Uh, One of the things I've always loved about our church is the fact that uh, we really do care a ton for people, and that's usually communicated through our one-on-one ministry. Uh, and, And that's such a huge part of our DNA as a church, and I love it. One of the areas I think we can grow in, though, as a church is maybe creating a little bit more structure in regards to how we can go about really serving families. So we've got something called Guide to Decide, which if you ever did Guide to Decide as a guiding couple or as a a deciding couple, raise your hand. Okay, cool. Rock on. So a lot of you. So you noticed uh, that, that you probably noticed at least how helpful that was. You probably would not have had many of those conversations, nor had someone guiding you through those conversations, unless you had some kind of like official material, which by the way, I want to point out, I named it Guide to Decide whenever we were talking about pre-engagement material as a joke. And then they're all like, that's the best thing we could think of. So... That's usually the shape of most of my suggestions. I'm usually, anyone that's been in a staff meeting with me realizes I'm like 80% jokes that get used as actual ideas. So just so you know, that's the shape of of what happens in our meetings. Um, But we really, as a church, want to have a vision for, and this is just as much for our single folks, um, even if you're not planning on getting married, which is, by the way, 
we are cool with that, and we love that as a church. Uh, we support that, and we want to still invite you into our families uh, as, a, as a church. We are, we are on board with that. So this is not meant to be uh, excluding you in any way, shape, or form. Um, but we really want to, as a church, for people that decide to get married, we don't want marriages that survive and treat that like it's the goal. Like the goal is just to stay married. Like that, that's our main goal in life is don't break up. You know what I mean? Um, that's not what we want. We want thriving marriages, not surviving marriages. And so as a staff, we really want to try to create new things, new opportunities for our, our marriages in our church to really uh, to, to thrive, to connect with one another in really meaningful ways. Um, and so we want to put resources in couples' hands to do that. And so we started something like that this last uh, semester with that marriage conference that we did. And it showed by the fact that of like a ton of people showed up that our churches are hungry for that. Uh, Not just our church, but also our other sister churches. And we as a church have usually been one of the, um, uh, maybe the tip of the spear with a lot of things that we do in our family of churches. We can do that for them as well. So if we do that here, we can help our other churches uh, do that as well because they have younger churches than us. Uh, by and large, the, the average age is younger. We want to put these resources in their hands sooner rather than later. So we want to do more conferences. We want to do some probably some retreats that are just marriage retreats where you can get away. And, um, you know, uh, I, I talked to Focus and all of the Focus people said that they'd watch our kids for free while we were gone at the retreat. I'm just joking. Um, so... Totally just kidding, uh, by the way. Uh, I'm sure some of them will be like, that's my dream. Uh, but some of them are like, no, not so much. Okay. Um, we, want to, uh, we, want to make a, 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 we want to make it more common for couples to stay connected with other seasoned couples throughout their marriage. We don't want to have guided decide where it's like, you guys really need help deciding. And now that you've decided, like, you're on your own. Like, good luck. You know, you're probably not going to need help unless you have some major explosion in your marriage. You need to get counseling. We don't want that. We need there to be something between there. And we want to look at how we're going to build that into, uh, into our church moving forward. We also are going to try to create uh, more uh, uh, couples small groups. Uh, small groups that are, uh, you know, they, could, they might be specific uh, to uh, uh, some sort of like topic of study within marriage or within family. Uh, but in general, you know, we have a lot of, of same gender small groups and we like those. We want to keep those. And if you want to stay in those, no one's going to make you leave those. But by and large, new folks coming into church, new couples coming into church, usually want to be a part of a small group together uh, rather than separate on two different nights of the week with different, uh, different people I don't really know. And so we want to create more opportunities for that as well. Uh, and then lastly, we want to, to, to look at and try to either develop or acquire more materials, uh, like and materials or studies that put uh, you know, information in the hands of couples so that they can grow together and really de- keep developing their relationship. So yeah, that's, that's all that I have. But I just want to, to, to maybe like help fluff that up a little bit in your minds of like, we really are planning to do this. Uh, we've already done a little bit. We've taken one step towards that, but we want to continue to do that because we think that's super important. That's all I got. All right. I think Focus childcare is the best joke idea Garrett's ever had. So um, let's do it. All right. So I wanted to share a little bit about um, Jam, Jam's vision for the kids and families, but also the, how it impacts the wider church and how you guys are involved in that. Um, 
So Jim, we're all about making church a really positive experience for the kids, right? If you grew up in church, chances are you tried to get out of going to church more often than you tried to go to church. Um, and we do not want that to be our experience for our kids. Um, we're really thinking like, how, what can we do to make church a much better experience, make God a much better experience, um, get to know Jesus in an exciting way um, that a lot of us didn't, you know, grow up with. Um, so we want really just positive associations with Jesus and the church body for the kids. And, and a lot of that means fun, uh, right? That's how kids enjoy things, how they learn, um, that kind of deal. So, um, and that's an everybody thing. It's not a jam teachers and parents deal. Um, and so even if you don't know the kids' names, how you interact around them sets our culture and sets their experience of church. Um, so Clayton's not here, but I wanted to talk about him real quick. Um, he makes a real effort every time he sees my kids to say hi to them. Um, and they are not good at saying hi back to him. Um, <clears throat> but they need, they need that practice, right? They need to know how to be kind to other people that they know him, right? Like, um, and so I, I just really appreciate him doing that consistently and sticking with it because he's helping teach my kids how to interact with other people kindly, right? And, and he could have done that one time and be like, they didn't go for that, so I'm not going to do it again, um, right? And so it's just really helpful for my kids that he does that. Um, so whether you smile or scowl at a kid when they're talking or, or cutting up or whatever kind of really defines how they experience church, right? They might have a lot of fun, and then they're coming through the hall, and somebody kind of gives them a mean face for doing whatever, um, and that just kind of like sours the deal. So, um, you know, parents know it's distracting having a baby crying, um, they feel a lot worse about it than you probably do hearing it. Um, but that's why we smile at those parents and try to encourage them, right? We're supporting the families in doing what they're doing because they're doing a really hard thing. Um, so we laugh when they drop communion cups. Um, we smile when a baby's in the back preaching their own sermon instead of the one, listening to the one upstairs. Um, you know, and I remember Danny saying something like, if you're not hearing crying, you're dying in relation to like babies in the church. Um, so that's a big deal for us. But in terms of how Jam is, the vision for Jam impacting the wider church, um, you know, Tori said it a little bit, but that we want people to learn how to be around kids, especially if you don't have kids yet, you're thinking about having kids, you're single or married or whatever. We've got lots of people that are helping Jam that come to me and say, I don't know how to be around a kid and I would like to learn, is that okay if I do jam and figure that out? And like, absolutely, right? I practiced on a lot of your kids before I had my own children. Um, and that's great, right? I was a lot better of a parent, hopefully, because I did that. And jam has a very guided way of doing that and structured, and so it's not just random. Um, so it was, it was super helpful, and we want to extend that to anyone else that wants to do that too. Um, it's been a great place for people that didn't grow up in the church to learn Bible stories, uh, right? Because you, if you go through Focus on Jesus stuff, you get really heavy New Testament because we're learning about Jesus, and that's really important. That's the, the crux of the Bible. Um, but you probably didn't hear about Balaam and a talking donkey, or uh, you probably did hear about uh, David and Goliath, but you probably didn't hear that Goli David cut off Goliath's head in the end, right? Like, that gets left out of most Sunday school stories, um, <laughs> And you can understand why, but there's a, there's a lot more to fill in there, right? And so it's a great way to, as you teach the kids to learn the stories too. Um, 
We need to be, you want to be thinking about what does the ministry look like when your kid reaches it, right? And so setting a vision for that, right? If I had thought when my son got to kindergarten or, or pre-K, like, I really want a good kid's ministry for him. Let's start right now. Like, that's too late. It's already, he's already here. We need, I need to have thought about that a long time ago. And so if you're in college, if you're a young adult, um, right now is the time to be thinking about how do I help the children's ministry be really strong and a really awesome place for my kids to come to maybe 10 years down the line, right? Because right now, making a strong children's ministry will set them up, be like, yeah, it's already going really great when they arrive, right? And so I have a fourth grader. He's going to be in CTF in two years. So I'm thinking, how do I help CTF be as strong as possible and ready for him to get there? So that means being at Spring Hita and being involved in all that stuff, really supporting the teens and their their growth, and, you know, we bring them to camp, our jam camp, to learn about helping out with kids there and all that stuff, right? I want CTF to be as strong as possible for when my kid gets there so that he can be guided in his walk with God. And then, of course, focus, right? I want, when my kid gets to college, I want him to walk into a community of Jesus-loving people that will help guide him in his walk through that too, right? And now is the time to make sure focus keeps being strong, keeps growing, and he gets there and sees all that fruit. Um, so yeah, you guys have a big impact, even if you're not back there. Um, just know that you help build everyone up. You help these families um, have, bring their kids and have a good time. Um, it's also just real important when you're trying to invite somebody that you know has kids. If, they, if you know their kids are going to come and have a really fun time, that's a much easier sell than the kids are going to be real bored. They're going to sit in church the whole time, and you're going to have to have a coloring page because they're going to whine, right? That's a big deal. Um, so Hopefully that makes sense. Thanks. I probably should have jumped the stage like Blake did. That took way longer than I thought it was going to to get up here. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm up here obviously to kind of round the trio off, and I'm going to talk about uh, our teen ministry, uh, specifically the mission and vision of our teen ministry um, and how we're constantly growing that, how we're cultivating that now, and then what we are trying to achieve in the future. Um, I first just want to say that I really love our teen ministry. The, the longer that I get to be involved with our teens, the longer I um, get to stew and steep on the fact that what we have here is really unique and special. Um, I was talking to Ronnie about this last night. It's just super reassuring to me, and, and it's honestly very neat to me that we have a culture in our teen ministry where we're not uh, okay with mediocrity. We really want our students to come out of CTF um, whatever phase of life they enter into, whether that's focus or whether they go into track or whether they leave, whatever their deal is, we want them um, to have been able to look back on their time in team ministry and say, hey, I really did learn how to have a healthy relationship with God during my time with CTF. Um, you know, we can put up, <clears throat> excuse me, the best worship band and we can do um, some of these things that maybe would bring some more people in, some more culturally um, like popular things. But at the end of the day, if we're not giving them um, meat, if we're not giving them things to help them actually build a relationship with Christ, we're failing them. And so I'm just really happy and proud to be a part of a ministry that takes that seriously. Um, Yeah, and, and I wanted to use also that opportunity to thank the parents here. What a neat deal. I know getting your kids to, to group on Wednesday nights and going to camp and going to events and so on and so on and so on is not always easy. And I also think it's super encouraging, not only to me, but to the rest of the church, that we have a group of parents who are serious about their kids' faith. 
we have an incredible group of parents. And I, I just think it sends such a signal, like Blake was talking about. We're, we're trying to figure out how to merge JAM and CTF better. How do we make it easier for kids to come up from JAM into CTF? And it's just really neat to me that, I, I mean, I think about that, but I know all of our parents are thinking about that. They've been thinking about that for years. And so by the time I get their kids, it's pretty easy. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting to reap what the parents have sowed. And so thank you uh, to the parents, and thank you for, for everybody here that has partnered with our teens. It's really cool to stand in the back on a, on a Sunday morning and watch our teens be sought out. There are many, many, many of you who go and seek out one of our teens to say hello and to introduce yourself or to, to just engage in conversation with them. And I think that matters um, a lot. Amen. Our mission has always been to make and mature disciples. Um, one-on-one ministry is not um, a stranger to many of you. That's a very familiar axiom around here. And that's no different for us in team ministry. Um, I kind of alluded to this just a second ago, but... Um, yeah, mediocrity is just not something we want to build into our culture. And in order to make immature disciples, sometimes we got to step on people's toes. Sometimes we're not having as much fun. I know it can be hard to come up from jam into CTF because generally speaking, we're doing a bit more content and a little less fun. Um, but I think that matters. If we're going to make immature disciples, if that's our mission, then we've got to take that seriously when our kids are young. And that's using great discernment. You know, we're not going to expect the same thing out of a 12-year-old that we would out of an 18-year-old, but we're doing them a disadvantage if we only expect them to take that mission seriously when they get old enough. They're the church of today, and we want to treat them like they're the church of today. And I think that honors them. We, we have very, very, very intelligent teenagers. They're very aware when we're babying them. I think they feel valued. Yeah, when we have fun, we try to build a culture where there's friendships present, but when we also push them to a relationship with Jesus, they can see that we model that in our own lives, and we expect them to begin to model that. My vision, and I think our vision as a church for our teens is is very similar again to what Blake was talking about. My vision for our teen ministry is to help them facilitate a very healthy relationship with Christ. Right now, next week, a year from now, 10 years from now, um, again, we're we're raising our kids right now. And in Blake's example, that's um, maybe speaking to people who are single. But I think to us in teen ministry, we really are impacting their future directly right now. The decisions they make as teenagers, the convictions they form, the passion that begins to develop for God is going to impact them when they're in their 20s. And so we want, again, to make sure that we're doing everything we can to look down the road and say, okay, we want you in your 20s to be committed to God. How do we do that right now? How do we start to build that right now? No matter what walk of life you're in, how can I, in this three, four, five years, whatever, that I get to to do ministry with your kids, how do we help that? And so... um, Obviously, that's, that is done on Wednesday nights and through one-on-ones, but it's also done, again, through the broader church. I've been thinking about this a lot and talking to Ronnie about this as some of our other churches grow. And, uh, you know, hopefully, as our churches continue to grow, we will also begin to have other teen ministries in our other churches. And uh, I, I think it's kind of hard for us to help facilitate a healthy uh, teen ministry in their church if we haven't all bought into that here. Um, and so I would just encourage you uh, in closing that even if you don't, you don't have a kid uh, that, that's teenage, teenage age, you don't um, have a desire to really volunteer in the team ministry, that's all okay. That's perfect. But you guys matter to our team ministry. 
we can't do ministry in a silo. We, we have really fantastic youth workers. But the 12 of us or 11 of us that there are is not enough for our kids. We need communal excellence. We need a body that is engaged and bought in to raising our kids up for God. Um, so, yeah. Thank you. It's very, I think, again, it's a very neat deal we have here, and that's largely uh, attributed to all of you. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for investing in our teens and in our ministry and believing in us. I know that means a lot to them, and it certainly means a lot to me. Well, the danger of inviting three other people into your sermon is they take up all your time. (laughs) So um, I'm running a few minutes behind, so just FYI. Um, So... I was also just texting with Tanya and Strader about picking up lunch. So if one of them texts you and, like, I'm trying to get a hold of Tori, just say, she preaching. Okay, so I don't know. So, um, all right, so I'm closing out on a short talk specifically on family. And so on the onset, I want to challenge us all at the beginning to have an open mind as we start to thinking, thinking about all these things, right, as we listen to all these talks. I believe that God wants us to speak, wants to speak to each and every one of our hearts to challenge us to look forward with fresh eyes, excitement for what's to come and anticipation for what he is doing uh, in us individually and collectively as a church. And I was thinking about, I was thinking about this talk and the spirit kept bringing me back to this scripture in Psalm that said, God places the lonely in families. Growing up as an only child, all I ever wanted was a family. I vaguely had a family for a short amount of time. My mom was dating this new guy, and he had four kids, and we fastly became a family. Like, they came to live with us. Like, it was like he had partial custody, so he would, they would come every other weekend, right? So they had, you know, just like a regular arrangement, right? And just as soon as they came, they left, right? I had four siblings for a short amount of time. When I, was when I was introducing them to other people, I would call them my brother and my sisters. But just like that, they were gone. But God places the lonely in families. When I, was, when I was in middle school, my best friend invited me to church with her on, on a Sunday or event. Um, and I remember it was a facility similar to this one, so some kind of outdoor retreat center type place. And they had all these fun things for you to do. The people were so nice and so friendly. And the first time I saw people of different races gather to worship the Lord together. I was in awe, but that memory never left me. Fast forward to many years later when Juan and I were looking for a church together, a place that I could choose to go for myself, that memory came back to me, and we found Northeast. God places the lonely in families. A seed of change was planted in me during my middle school experience. Sometimes all we need is a new way to look at our life so we can begin to change it. 
So let's just chat a few minutes about inviting people into our families and changing the way that we view family. I asked the Lorenz family to give me some words of wisdom and to share um, about their experience in this. And they wrote, investing in families is about friendship and love and inclusivity. I use the last word with trepidation given the cultural connotation, but it is the right word. The easy thing to do is to segment ourselves into groups that are like us, single, Young married, married with kids, divorced, never married, widowed, and old. (laughs) These are their words. (laughs) Segmentation is easy because everyone in that group has similar needs and experiences, but segmentation is exclusive, and it's, it's to our detriment. We get asked sometimes about our relationship with Uncle Warren, Warren is our friend, one of our best friends. But if we lived in a pod of only married with kids, we wouldn't get to still have the friendship that we have with him. Because Warren's path has not been, at least not up until now, the path of married with kids. Sometimes people look at our unique family relationship with Warren and marvel at it. But it didn't start with any grand scheme to be special. It started because we wanted, because Jared wanted to see his friend. And Leah was running a couple of nights a week. And he didn't mind having an extra set of hands with the kids. And Warren didn't mind loving me, this is Jared, and my family. And then it became a regular thing and then it became a prioritized thing, an intentional relationship that we all love. Frankly, the last six months of this relationship have been different. Kids get older and busier, schedule change, but the celebration of Uncle Warren is, is meeting us for dinner hasn't changed. Warren is the only person that my kids love, and are loved by, just maybe the most visible to people because of the preconceived notions we have. Family goes beyond marriage and biology. I think, all of you, I think of all of you as my family because this is the place where I have felt the most loved and accepted in my entire life. I was reborn here in this body the family that God gave me. So if you're in one of these groups, college students, single, young married, married with kids, divorced, never married, widowed, and old, and have a lonely place within you, if you have a need for a true Jesus-centered friendship, it can be found here. If you're a college student and are in need of a mother or a father figure to stand in the place of your own or maybe even fill in the gap for one that you never really had, there's an opportunity for you to find it here. 
in God's family, you have the opportunity to be whole. One of my favorite preachers from afar is Dr. Tony Evans of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas. And one of the things I read from him recently is that the family is the first institution established by God and was created to serve as the foundation for the well-being of society and civilization. We all need family. Family is our foundation. I was chatting with my darling 19-year-old daughter, Leah. If you don't know, she recently moved out, and so she's living on her own semi. Well, I guess she's adulting because she's paying her own bills. Amen? <laughs> um, but every time I get, um, every time I get, I get choked up every time I talk about my girls. They are the greatest gift that God gave me. When I think about my sweet Bella back there coaching me through my, uh, I guess I had anxiety, girl, I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, my, my anxiousness this morning about not getting any sleep, still having, rushing to finish my talk because the Lord hadn't spoken to me on the closing of this <laughs> talk. And she was back there saying, okay, mom, you got it. You got it. Breathe. You got it. There's nothing better than being their mom. But I was talking to my sweet girl, Leah, yesterday about this topic and how it could apply to college students because I really just didn't want to, this to like be something that you check out on, right? That this would be like, I mean, that ain't my place. I'm trying to pass this, pass this class, honey. Okay, all this other stuff, it done went over me. Okay. I don't want that to be for you. I, don't, I want you to like really think about your life, your future, and what it could look like for you. And so, um, so I asked her for some advice, and she was reflecting on the um, Colin retreat that she, she was just attending. And so these are her words, words of wisdom from Leah. For those of you who are single and want to be married, this is a time for you to allow God to work on who you are now. Because the things that you are doing now, the habits that you are forming now, will play a role in your family. With being a single, you have more free time to devote to ministry. So pray that God grows you into the person you need to be for your spouse. You are living life with Jesus. And you have a relationship with him. So right now, you should be asking if dating is a part of your relationship with him, not the other one, not the other way around. We don't get to say, God, you can be in this relationship. That's not how it works. Amen. If you spend any time on our church website, you'll notice at the top of the, you know, when you go to the website, there's like some little prompts at the top. I would say tabs. I know that's not the right word, but it's just some top words at the top that you can click on and you can learn more about us, right? Um, and on, on that tab about us, there is our mission, our vision, and our values. They're plainly stated. And it says about our vision that we are a place where hearts are turned to God 
and lives are changed. As we look forward as a church body, nothing about that will change. This is who we are. We will continue to press on in that vision, trying some different things and making some new mistakes, as Ronnie always says. So I repeat, as I started, whether you have had a phenomenal upbringing or one filled with more sorrow than joy, you have the power now to sing a new song, as the psalmist would say, to start a new chapter, and to look forward. So we're going to take a few minutes, just reflect on all the things that you've heard, and then Kale is going to come up and guide us to the next section of our time. Thank you.